You heard it here. Yes. First, first things first. <laughs> Come through uh, base. All right. Here's what we're doing. We're here. All right. But here's the problem. What? The podcast has started. That's not the problem. The uh, problem is podcast canceled. Oh. <laughs> because while we've been away officially today, I... Hi, I'm David. Hey. I... <laughs> Did the podcast just start right now? The podcast has begun the po- <laughs> in this moment. We're now in it. But I have to tell you. Okay. This Is this the... Is this it? This is the news. Okay, great. I've been waiting on the edge of my seat. I am officially... I've, the problem is the podcast is canceled because I've reached a modicum of success that I did not know I attributed to, aspired to even. Yes. I am now a brand ambassador for Dr. Pepper. No. I, no. I am. I'm no. part of the Pepper Pack. I just no. found out today. No. Yes. This yeah. is incredible news. <laughs> I would not have I would not have anticipated this for... Tell me more, please. I got an email today and it said, congratulations, you're part of the pepper pack. And so I have to like hashtag Dr. Peppers and hashtag 23 flavors. And I get to like, they're going to send me coupons and swag. And I am so happy. I love Dr. Pepper. I don't like, I don't know how you wouldn't know that about me. But I didn't know. I didn't know that about you. Oh my God. There's so many layers. We only drink wine. Well, there's one over there that I was just drinking. Oh man, product I placement. Love Dr. Pepper. This one isn't officially sponsored yet. This podcast isn't, but give me time. It just happened yeah. today. I'm very so. commercial, so that's okay by me. I'm I'm yeah. ready to sell out. Yes. If they want this to be yes. dressed for the Dr. Pepper yes. cast, I'll do it. That's fine. <laughs> anyway. Um, but that's incredible. C- congratulations. Hey. Congratulations. Thank you. Yes. But with me. In my pepper, my temporary pepper pack, unofficial, hashtag unofficial pepper pack. Will you stop emailing me, you terrible people? Um, it's probably Dr. Pepper. Maybe. Oops. Just checking um, in. Is Bess, welcome back. Oh, thank you. Happy to be back. Bess was away. Just, yes. And my other guest who has a cough. Hey. <laughs> Do you want to be introduced as Vic? Do you want to be introduced as Victoria? Um... Let's introduce me as Victoria, but then let's refer to me as Vic. Because you know that Vic Carroll is really hard to say. Yeah. I think it's very masculine. Vic? Yeah. Like Michael. You know, I like being Vic. Okay. It was on purpose. I mean, call me Victoria. My guest, my other guest is Victoria Carroll. Hi, Vic. Hey. How you doing? I'm good. Good. You had an adventure getting here. I did. Got caught in the rain. I did. But now you're here. I'm here. Um... And you know what this podcast is about? Success. Success. Mm. Now, is it success with two C's? Or I did notice the first podcast, it was success spelled with... With a C-K. Yeah. Yes. The, the irony. It was shot down. That idea was shot down. Well, that it's was, dead now. That was the name of the episode. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yes. Ah. With yeah. success. Yes. Yeah. Not, the, not the project itself. Right. Oh, I see. Would you consider yourself a successful person? Yes. Oh. That's good. Come in confident. I really like that definitive answer. Mm-hmm. I think this is going to be a lot of firsts on the podcast. I think that's the first like definitive. Yes, I'm a successful person. I know you're the... Well, I don't know. I think you're the first person on the podcast who has like a normal family life. Like, mm. you have a husband and children and a home and and yet so much theatrical and artistic and commercial success. Yeah. I'm so proud of you. Thank you. Love um, seeing the best of both worlds. Yeah. You know? Like seeing that. Um, so where to start? Tell us. Tell us about your amazing success. Well, I grew up on a farm. That's <gasps> it. There's the key. There you, you go. You did? Yeah. Middle of nowhere. 
And the whole plan, as I looked out over my parents' acres of nowhere. How many acres? 150 now. Oh my mm. goodness, that's but they've, so many they've acres. collected it over time. Yeah. Uh-huh. They bought it because nobody wanted it. <laughs> Where? <laughs> uh, I grew up in West Royalston, Massachusetts. Okay. Which was appropriate. Shout out to West Royalston. Yeah. Because my full name is Victoria Elizabeth. So, oh my gosh, you gotta live yes. in Royalston, right? Very, there very. was a mythology from the second I was born. My parents were like, Go, she's gonna be a go. queen, be great, yeah. be, go be great. Did they really? Did they, they have very high expectations for you? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, they uh pushed me to go to private school, I got a scholarship to private school, I speak Japanese, I went to Japan, I ended up going to Bennington almost on a full ride. I, I mean, we had no money, but we were driven. It was you are you are the kid. Yeah. This is it. Are you yes. an only child? No, my sister is eight years younger and oh. she lives down the street from my parents and she married her high school sweetheart who's mm. the town cop and Whoa. she works nice. also in marketing. Um, but they were just like, No, we're not letting you go. <gasps> like they they held her back. They love my sister. I don't know if they held her back. I think my sister was happy having a beautiful house. She has mm. two beautiful children, she has a gorgeous husband. Um <laughs> So do you. I do, I do. But uh, I think her, her, you know, it's, it, let's talk about success. Yeah. People measure success in different ways. Totally. Yes. And so I think for my sister, success for her meant happy family, happy husband. They go to Disney World once a year. Cool. You know. Nice. Pay I their bills. I want to go to Disney World. Yeah. I know, right? <laughs> do you go to Disney World once a year? Uh, no, yes. I used to. I used to work for Disney. Did you? At yeah. Disney World? I worked for Disney Theatrical. The good thing about me, you keep saying really and like shooting me these eyeballs, is that I probably knew all of this at one point, but my brain just does not work. So you're over here no. like, I speak Japanese. I'm like, did I know that? No, you may not have, you may not have known well, that. I I'm going to be know. the first guest to cough, too. You've done it. First okay, coughing guest. The first, yes. There we go. Yeah, no. It's, a, um, it's an era of firsts. I, I, you know, I had a career. I've had a life. I'm, I'm proud of what You've I've done. You've had both. You've had a proper career and a proper life, and I'm super duper impressed, right? Meg and I are trying to get married, and like, it's hard to get married for us right now, and maybe- Wait, talk to me about that. Um, I mean, talk, it's hard to get married? Yeah. We keep like- setting a date to look at a venue and then like something comes up and we can't do it and like we don't have any money so we're really dependent on like our families so we have to very much include them right and luckily for mm -hmm. us they're very supportive and like want us to do it our way but it, it also means like we can't just go to the venue and look at it ourselves we have to go and like have someone else there with us who can okay on like money stuff about it sure um well let me give you some advice oh great please that's what all engaged people love mm -hmm. is advice <laughs> Um, I never want to get married and have children. This is the irony. Really? Yeah, driven by success. Yeah. And then I was... Was that not a milestone of success for you? Was marriage and kids? No. No. So success in your mind Still growing not. up was purely um, yeah, business? No. It was all about business. I was I was always going to move to New York. I was always going to work in entertainment. I was huh. always going to work behind the scenes. I want to be a writer, which I kind of am now, but it's a, it's a different definition. I, yeah. was gonna, I went to school for playwriting. But when I when I went uh, to college, I remember my grandparents, who were very involved in my life, they would take me to colleges, and they took me to Bates up in Maine, and there was a couple getting married on campus. And the tour guide said, you know what's so wonderful about Bates is that about 50% of our alumni, they marry each other. Wow. 
50% marry the other 50%. They all get married. Right, they're all yeah. getting married. Because they're in Maine. Like, I don't know what they're doing. Bates. But I was Stephen like, Stephen King's that, in Maine. Yeah, yeah. That is the wrong way. Interbreeding Bates. That's, what, that's what I've heard them call it <laughs> that's on why. the street once. No, so for me, uh, I looked at Smith. I looked at Bennington. I looked at Sarah Lawrence. I was looking for a gay husband. I was looking for a husband. Yeah, yeah. Maybe a wife. It was not in the plan that I was going to meet this guy. And so I remember looking at my grandparents. We got in the car and I was like, I am not going to college to get my MRS. Oh, uh, yeah. Yep. And the mm-hmm. second I said that, the universe was like, you will meet your husband in college <gasps> oh, and you no. will get married there. <laughs> you got married while you were in college? I got married six months after I graduated. Whoa. Because of health insurance. Mm. Fair enough. It's yeah. so romantic. Megan, yes. let's hurry up. Sexy. Oh, hi, Megan. <laughs> <laughs> no, because here's, here's what we did. So my husband is an actor. And he works at Playbill in his free time, you know, like for money. Sure. Yeah, his free time, his <laughs> copious amounts of free time that Playbill allots him. So uh, we went to a wedding. We were engaged. Like we, like we got cast as husband and wife in a play. Cute. And I hated him. Oh. And I, I said to the director, because he was such an actor, and he, I didn't feel like he was genuine. He was oh. like looking at me, but not looking at me. And I said, I'm sorry, I can't do this. He has no soul. <laughs> he knows this, right? This he's not going to listen to this. And... Oh yeah, no, All he right, told good. the story on Jeopardy. Oh, thanks. He told the story to Alex Trebek. Oh, I love that. Yeah. So uh, as a result, we became we worked on that scene more, and we became really good friends. And I started uh, the heat went out in my house, so I kept sleeping on his couch, mm. and then crafty, crafty. Right? And you slept on the couch. For like a night. He didn't, oh, okay. 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 <laughs> I don't know if I lasted a night. Because um, he was like, aren't you cold? You could come snuggle. Yes. But there were all these women on campus and they were all competing for like the, you know, 10 straight the, men. Yeah, the handful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think what he liked about me is that I, um, obviously I wanted to get with it, but sure. I was sort of like, yeah. And you then I'll like move on to the girls. next one. Yeah, I want it. And then you'll move on to the next I just wanted my own life. I wanted yeah, my own sure. career. And, um... Falling in love was just, you know, uh, extra. Hmm. And so when that happened, it just sort of seemed inevitable. We got engaged with no ring, but with like, you know, when, when you wrap bread. Yeah. yeah. So we were in London and he was Like graduating. in a movie. Yeah. yeah. He was moving to Chicago to be an actor and I was going to go back to school. And I thought, oh, well, this would be my college boyfriend, you know. Mm-hmm. And he got down on one knee and he took the bread tie and he proposed. Oh, my and God. And he did it with a real ring you know, six months later, but I was like, okay, well, this is happening. And so we went to a couple of weddings and they were horrible. They were like chicken dance and, Whoa. you know, like the cold roast beef and the yeah. whole thing. And we were like, you know what? We're going to lie and we're going to have the cheapest wedding ever. Yes. So we got married at Bennington. We rented the mansion for 150 bucks. Whoa. Wow. And we told no one it was a wedding. We told the florist it was a Christmas party. We told the caterers that it was like a buffet that was a Christmas party. You're lucky the statute of limitations has probably run out because they're going <laughs> to listen to this and go, liar. But no, what I'm saying is like for us, we got married in that kitchen. Yeah. Everything else that happened after is just like we wanted a big party for our friends to celebrate that we got married. It's for everyone else. Yeah. yeah. And, and our, like I had a friend who DJed. I had a friend who took pictures. I do not recommend this 100%, but I feel like too much stock is put in to this big, you know, the wedding and the venue and the flowers and the all of it, it doesn't really matter. What matters is that there's two people and they're in love and they are committing to each other in front of their friends and family. And and, and that's that they what we danced did. to no diggity. 
and yeah, ideally uh, danced. Cha-cha, <laughs> no get cha-cha out of here, you know. And like, shut yeah. up and dance with me. I love that song. That's good. That's it's, it's, it is recently oh, yeah. used, guys. I, I just saw Moulin Rouge, and that is oh, used. Did you? Moulin Rouge. Did you? My friend just saw it as well. Heard great things. I really enjoyed it. Cool. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. So anyway, well, talk to me about this. Here's a specific question, yeah. um, and a moment for you to drink your wine. Um. Uh, it, it sounds like so. I'm gonna I'm gonna make a statement that sounds like it's accurate about you, and then you tell me about how it is or isn't. It seems like something that you and I have in common because I've I've n- noticed both in the past and very recently that a lot of my sort of dissatisfaction with my own success uh, is I have a super high bar and very high expectations for myself and for those around me. Um, it seems like you do too, just oh, from like no, knowing absolutely. you and knowing the stuff that you do. How do you how do you deal with that? It um, seems like you've had high expectations set for you, and that means that you have high expectations for yourself. Is that true? Oh no, absolutely. I don't think um, my boss told me that, and he's not the first. You boss. have a boss? I do. No way. <laughs> he's my boss. He's my you know whatever kind of partner in crime. Yeah. yeah. Um. So yeah, so there's three people uh, that run our company. There's uh, Tom Melcher, who's our CEO and founder. There's Deeksha, who's the co-founder, who's a kick-ass woman. And then there's me. And the three of us kind of run each other. Mm-hmm. But I mean, ultimately, that man pays my bills. Fair and... enough. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, at show score. At show, show yeah. score. Love show dash score. Could, the hashtag yes. show score. Brought to you by show score? By show score. Maybe. We'll talk about yeah, it. Yeah, we'll talk about it. We would totally... <laughs> Um, I am strategic partnerships now. So nice. Yeah, nice. Oh yeah. What's your <laughs> senior vice president strategic partnerships? Yeah. Is that your only title right now? It feels like that's not your only title. Well, I, I was business development because the gotcha. thing is for me, I've worked in marketing and sales and advertising. So it was like, what is this big, like, I don't even know how to define it. I don't know how to be Vic for a living. I mean, I do, but I don't. And I think what, what happened to me was that I'm driven by you know, you want to get the better title, make more money, climb the ladder. But at the same time, what really makes me happy is when I go see a show Hmm. and I really, really love it and I know how to help it and I know how to get more people to see it. And that to me is more satisfying than than anything else. Sure. And I, I miss the artistic part of what I do sometimes because it was great when I worked at an ad agency, like I worked on Rocky Horror and I saw the show like 13 times and there was always a new ad to be done or a radio spot. And, and I felt like I was an expert in it because I was at the theater so much and I was seeing who the fans were. I was taught at an early age to watch the audience. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah and absolutely. so I think I am hard on myself. And so for me, even as successful as I, I you know, I am career wise, my new thing is I'm going to get in better shape. And I, I love mm. um, I'm very hashtag body positive. I yes. love being a curvy woman. I have no issue with it. It is what it is. I, I think I'm beautiful. I have no problem. The problem is I don't want to have a heart attack and die. That is a good valid, goal a valid. is to not <laughs> yes. do that. So when I have to like go up, you know, a bunch of stairs or whatever. So I started boxing. You know what's nice. really good for you? What? Dr. Pepper. Dr. Pepper. <laughs> Hashtag. Hashtag Dr. Pepper. 23 flavors. Hashtag. I did just watch a video about a woman in Texas who was a hundred and something and she attributed it to the fact that she drank four Dr. Peppers a day every day. Could be it. You know, my sister loved Diet Dr. Pepper. Uh-huh. And that is a story that I think we'll have to tell offline. Oh, no. <laughs> Don't. Oh, she, she got an no. ulcer, but the thing was. Not because of the Dr. Pepper. <laughs> she would drink two liters a day because she was young. And like uh, that was, she was a teenager. You know when you're a teenager. You didn't know any better. You didn't know any better. You and live forever. 
Because yeah. my parents were, were great. I'm still going to yeah. live forever. Yes, correct. <laughs> okay, Absolutely. <good. laughs> oh, you're fine. But yeah, no. Um, so high expectations. No, definitely. But I mean, I think. Is that, I mean, does that not like, uh, this is going to go one of two ways, right? It, does that ever lead to disappointment? Yeah, but I, I think what I've learned from my new job, working for a startup, I've always worked for big established mm-hmm. um I, I went from the best ad agency to the best marketing agency to Disney theatrical. Right, because that's yeah. the other side of it, right? The other yeah. side of it may be this question of like, do your high expectations lead you to disappointment? And you're like, no, I've never failed. Like, No. The, you know, it's so, so weird that you say that because then after that, I went to the Met Museum and then I went to Lincoln Center. So you do, you get the job, right? Yeah. And then you get the job and then you're like, is this really, does it make me happy? Yeah. And my, my job at Lincoln Center, I mean, it was an incredible job. I had an assistant who like got me coffee. It was totally surreal. Um, but I, I mean, she thought I was adorable because I was, I was very set. I guess I was a great person to assist because I was asked her opinion on everything. I talked to her about everything that was going on because she was like my, you know, right hand. Yeah. Right. But at the same time, she was like, you're so predictable. Like, I know exactly when you're going to eat a cheeseburger. Oh. I know you're gonna <laughs> That's not a bad thing. No, no. It was, it was kind of wonderful. So I do miss Cheryl. But at, at the same time, what happened was I thought it was a retirement job. And then what I found was that I really wanted a challenge. So when I quit that job, went to the startup, everybody was like, what are you doing? Yeah. And I said, well, I'm, I'm almost 40 and I'm going to fail. And if I fail then I will know what that feels like mm. and I will yeah. understand it. And then when you work for a startup, like you start reading all these articles and I write for entrepreneur sometimes and it's all about like how failure, how important failure is. And of course they have like these really famous people like Elon Musk, like yeah. oh, failure could lead to innovation, you know? Yes. That was but- a good Elon Musk. <laughs> it was like he was here. Yeah, no. Um, I just found out he's screwing a friend of a friend of mine. So <gasps> the thing is... Nice. Is that the verb? Are they screwing? Are they making passionate, uh, passionate sweet? Are they just <laughs> cuddling? Like, or no, is she just no, staying no. on his couch? Or is what he I staying think on is his amazing. Couch? Is Elon Musk gay? I, you know, I'm not going to spread rumors about rumor Elon Musk, here? but I am going right to start. I'm going to say this about Elon Musk. He's what I did hear. I heard this story about him, and I believe it. So the, the story of Elon Musk is that he's he has his whole day into five minute increments. So when he's dating someone, he's like, okay, we will be doing the following activities. Oh, uh, yes. Like the and plan. The, yeah. And this is the time of day when I prefer to have sex. For five oh, minutes. Scheduled for, <laughs> yeah. Scheduled, right? In the, in the Google Cal, you have to accept it. Yeah. You have to accept the oh invitation in order to. And so if you're dating him, you kind of just got to go with this. And the woman yeah. is very smart and very successful. And so she was just like, yeah, no. Oh, she's, she's not do down? It. Right. But he's only attracted to people that are super successful. Sure. So this is this well, could be. I'm sure he'll find someone else who. You could do a whole episode on Elon Musk's successful sex life. Well, we should if definitely. You get Elon you Musk, if you can give me his email, we'll get him on okay, the show. Get him on the show. My goal right now, I'm going to keep putting it out in the universe, is we had an actress last week who is on Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. One of my favorite shows. And we have yes. another actor who has agreed to the podcast who's on Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. And we have an actor who was in uh, the uh, band visit that has agreed to the podcast. Hasn't done it yet, but I, I'm working my way slowly but surely to have Tony Shalhoub on the podcast. Podcast. Like that is oh. actually the ultimate goal of this podcast. That wow. should have been the, the title of our podcast. Tell me, please come on my podcast. <laughs> that should have been the, that should. Oh man, it's it not too late. Been. We can rebrand because <laughs> I want this. You know, you're you're just like one degree away from Tony Shalhoub. Oh my god, don't There's tell so me many. that. No, I heard he's a lovely man. That's what I've also heard that he's yeah. lovely. I mean, you work in the business. The other and thing I'd, is, I funny. even say that off the air. But it's when you find out that some people are actually decent and just super talented. Yeah. 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 
I'm sorry. I'm like bogarting with Elon Musk. No, Ask me better questions. That's okay. Well, I you you mentioned you mentioned um, we were talking about failure, and you mentioned your entrepreneur um, writings, and so I did pull up one specifically titled Five Ways to Use Failure to Push Your Startup Forward in 2018." Which one? What size is this on? Are we on? Entre- this is on entrepreneur. Five Someone ways to use failure to push down. your startup forward in 2018. I that's that. correct. Yeah, that's you correct. Open that up to I did. provide yes. my. Yeah, there you go. Absolutely. Well, I did find something. Tell Here's me. Here's a dramatic just to reading from it. Bessie. Oh, <laughs> oh, I won't go. I won't go too in it. Too. Yeah, I no, no. Please. Try to read it with your words, but um, fail and fail fast. Tell us. Tell us about that. Kind oh of my philosophy. god, it's it's so much fun. And uh, poor David Andrew Laws was a part of uh, one of our show score experiments, which is we come up with an idea. And we're like, oh my God, we're going to like do restaurants. We're going to do like some restaurant card. It didn't work. But the idea is that you have 10 ideas and two of them are going to work. Okay. And you just try everything. Sure. Because if you sit in a room and you overthink it, you don't try. Yeah. And if you try it and you're like, this isn't going to work, but you end up finding something else. Yeah. Is this, sorry, I don't want to be a dick, but I am. (laughs) Um, Fail and fail fast. Does that mean fail quickly or fail? So that means, that means, okay, so if you have 10 ideas, you want to try all of them. You want to get the failures out of the way. Out of the way. You want to just say, all right, like, let's hire somebody. Let's see if this works. Hire them part-time. If it doesn't work, okay, Mm -hmm. moving on. Next thing. Yeah. And that's, that's kind of what we, we do. And, and I think we don't always have to hire people to figure it out, but I love the, um, it's kind of like swiftness. It's like dating, yeah. right? It's like that thing where people are like, you'll know within the first like six seconds. Kind of, how but you I mean, feel about I don't. Someone. I don't always know. I mean, oh. um, but I love being creative, and I love coming up with like ten ideas. Yeah, and um, that's what I find so motivating about my job right now is that if I were at at a Lincoln Center or Met Museum, both of which I loved, but you come with, an, I mean, Lincoln Center not so much, but if you come up with an idea, and there's a bureaucracy. And they're like, that is very interesting. Let us have a meeting and then another meeting yes. to figure out the mm. meeting that might be the meeting that gets you the thing. Are you in any of those meetings or are you <laughs> No, now typically? I am. The now you are the top of the meeting. You call the, the meetings. Meeting. You schedule call the, the meeting. meetings. And you know, I'm like, it, let's do this. And then sometimes I have an opinion going out with it and I'm trying to be more positive because sometimes you, you become a hater. Sure. You're like, oh, that will never work. Like, sure. that's no fun. But within so, yeah. that, I mean, within those collaborations inside that bureaucracy, there is, do you, do you find that there's a fairly balanced pull of people who are pro idea consistently and there are people who bash ideas pretty consistently or how do you, how do you find that balance or even? The coolest thing was, um, I was working, you know, someone you should have on the podcast is kind of amazing. Who? Um, he's at Shree. Is it Tony Shalhoub? <laughs> Tony Shalhoub. <laughs> So Shri was a professor of uh, journalism at Columbia University, and he specialized in social media okay. oh. before anybody yeah. was doing it. And it was so neat because all of his students are journalists now, and the way that they get their work out, like let's say you're in a war zone, mm-hmm. like sometimes they're tweeting a story. Yeah, sure. you get a t- yeah. It's the most amazing thing. So Shri went and he worked at the Met Museum for, I think, four or five years, and I was there for, for two of them. And he's still a good friend of mine. He's amazing. And he used to do this empty Met tour where like in the middle, in the morning when nobody else was there, he would take you around the Met. It was just security. And so I went on this and I thought we can make money. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. 
And the Met was like, what are you talking about? You know? And I was like, well. And they were like, money. Yeah. What? But wait, what? money? Um, Which exhibit does that go in? <laughs> <laughs> so we, we did it. And it was, it was, um, I worked with my friend Chris and my friend Haley and we were, there's a bunch of us working together and we, and Shree and we, um, Cynthia, my boss gave us the runway to try the idea. We brought in partners and now empty met tour is like a thing and they sell it for 150 bucks and cool. it's sold out all the time. Oh, and incredible. I highly recommend it doing it at some point in your life because it's just you and like 20 other people walking around the Met and it's, yeah. it, there's no one else there. How's that That's Sardis tour going? Sardis tour is so much fun. I love the Sardis tour. I love Sardis. Have you been to Sardis? I, Hashtag I have, Sardis. Brought I mean, to you by Sardis. I've been by it. I haven't I haven't felt the the silent invitation calling yet, you know? Oh, We're like, well, you belong we in Sardis. Okay, I've been to Sardis. You could go to Sardis. <laughs> Granted, I've been to Sardis because of Vic, but I've been to Sardis like See, twice. I feel like you need the VIP. You have to have like you the have successful person. You have to have the end. Yeah. Also, Sardis makes me mad because I, you're not supposed to measure success well, how you feel about this you're not supposed to measure success based on somebody else's right we're all on our own journey on our own mountain but yeah. when one of my classmates got his face up at Sardis oh. Oh, oh I was like dang it I'm, well and, I mean sort of but like I'm also Who not it? Corey Cott oh yeah, yeah I'm also not doing that anymore and I'm not acting and I'm definitely not doing musical theater sure. Corey Cott and I are in no direct competition but I was like it's another one of those things right, that I didn't know I wanted until I wanted. I was like, I want my week. <laughs> so, so fun facts. There are three ways to get your character on the oh, wall. It's already so one, it be over. Be famous. Two, buy it. Three, draw it yourself and put it up when no one's looking. <laughs> or like four, her. get like sponsored by some big name like Dr. Like Pepper. Dr. And Pepper. then they buy Sardis oh. and then they get your picture on the wall. <laughs> No, you okay. So in order to have your um, picture on the wall, Sardis, you have mm. to be involved in a Broadway production in some way, like an actor, writer, director. I've seen Broadway productions. Is that kind uh, of no. Okay. Two, you have to. Um, if that doesn't work, you have to be uh, icon of New York, Mike. You know, Mayor Bloomberg. Mm-hmm. Right? He's, on, he's on there. Or the final one is you have to be, and this is what I'm holding out for. Oh. You got to be a living legend. What the. <sighs> Fuck so that just that means mean? that you are regular at Sardis. Yes. You're a part of the family. There's this incredible woman somebody's making a documentary of. And she's a press agent. She's freaking fascinating. And, and the thing is that she's 80 years old and they, she got her character on the wall. We were all there. Nice. Because it was such an awesome night. Irene yeah. Gandy, who I highly recommend. She's just such a... She's a what does she do? What is she? Who is she? So she is a press person and um, she was worked on tons and tons of Broadway shows. But my favorite Irene Gandy story is that... We were working on August Osage County uh-huh. mm-hmm. and she's like this beautiful black woman and she has the best clothes and hats and outfits and glasses and hair. And so I go into the meeting and she has all this hair laid out and she goes, honey, I did not know the strike was going to be over because oh. <laughs> everything was on strike with the Broadway strike. Yeah. Yes. And then she's like doing her hair in the meeting. And I was like, go lady. Oh, yeah. oh, cool. She's amazing. And now she's doing a lot of um, press for like the Apollo and Harlem and Cool. I saw her recently. She's like, you got to come up. You're going to check it out. But it's these people who are really good at their job, but have like these, exec- you know, eccentric personalities. Living extraordinarily. Yeah. Like yeah. the kind of person, like I'm like maybe being a writer, it's like, I just want to watch you. Yeah. Just write you got it all stories. down. You got, yeah. yeah. You got stuff. Do you find that like when you, somebody walks in a room and you're like, there's a story there? Uh, yeah, I, well, no, I aspire to walk into every room like that. Like, don't you want to be the mysterious woman in the coat you know 
with the glasses and the hat and you walk into a dusty old bar and everybody's like, oh, who is she? And then you're like, why is this bar so dusty? <laughs> I'm walking out. You're but like, no, I'm no, like I, bar. I get that a lot. How old Irene? 80? Uh, 83, I think now. So there's still a chance nice. for me. There's yeah. still a chance for you. There's still a chance for me. It's ridiculous. Oh, you got it. It's, ca- it's coming. It's right. got to come. Okay. And if you die, you can't get one. Ah, poo. Oh, so you ca- you can't get a posthumous picture. No, no, no. And here's why. Because you have to sign it. Oh, yeah. You okay. have yeah. to. Or else th- if there's a curse. Yeah. Is it going? The Sardis oh. curse. Is that oh. true? Did I- they have like an old drawer somewhere in the back. Also <laughs> dusty. all these uns- And it's full of unsigned <laughs> caricature portraits. Yeah. I like the one that's Kermit. Yeah. Who signed that? Did Kermit sign it? That is a good question. I think Kermit did. It, it's the cutest story because Vincent Sardi, so Sean Ricketts, who's my good friend who runs it, mm-hmm. um, him and, and his partner, Max, Vincent Sardi was his uh, grandfather. And so what happened was um, he was very, very careful about the brand and being Broadway and putting yeah. the best light. But he loved loved him some Muppets. So when they filmed <laughs> the Muppets Take Manhattan, which if you think about it, has like these little like furry rats oh, running around. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's not you know necessarily a positive view of Sardis, really but he just thought it was the cutest thing. It is the, the movie, cutest thing. He loved it. Oh, so is much. he in it too? Is he huh? one of the like? Is he in that scene? He's in that scene. Cool. Oh, Vincent Sardi, yeah. And I, I never met him, and, and um, it's a regret of mine because Sardis like. Do you ever think like your whole life is a story and there are all these Only hints. every day. <laughs> there are all these hints and things that are going to happen, but they kind of have to happen in the right order. Yeah. I talk to my therapist about this literally every week. <laughs> so when I was uh, really young and I worked on the producers and I, you know, I was an assistant and I like ran around and, you know, got, got cappuccino from yeah. Mel Brooks, you yeah. know. And uh, is that a hyperbole or did you get a cappuccino? I, I literally did, and it was so funny. He's like, I want a cappuccino and a bran muffin. I'm gonna know if it's not from Starbucks. And I was like, <laughs> Okay, all right, Mr. Brooks. <laughs> and I wore high heels that day because I want to look all professional. And <sighs> I'm like, Bitches running down Broadway, going to Starbucks. But I did it, and I did it with pride because I thought this will be a story I'll get to tell on the podcast yeah. someday. Absolutely, you heard it here. But I was supposed to go, uh, couldn't go to the opening night because I was a peon. And um, the head of the company, Nancy Coyne of Serena Coyne, she said she didn't want to go. The seats they gave her weren't great. And I went up to her and I oh said, my God. oh, my God. Because the other thing about success, my advice is have balls for miles. Sure. Oh, it seems like the, everybody, you know, once you get past that certain part in the ladder, you got to have cojones. It, you, oh, yeah. To be to, able to, to say these there. seats aren't good enough. You know. Like, oh, that's, yeah. I like that. So, but, but this girl, low on the totem pole, had those cojones. And I went into her office and I said, pardon me. Because they, they set her up with better seats. Yes. Said, I have worked very hard on this show, along with my colleague Jennifer, and I we would, we would be the most amazing thing if we could go to the producers. Yeah. And so we were going to go to Sardi's that night um, because it was like our consolation prize. They were like, take the corporate car, go wherever you want to dinner. And we were like, Sardi's will be so fancy. Yeah. And instead, we were at the opening of the producers. So I go to the opening of the producers. I sit in the mess. I don't care. It's like yeah. the most amazing night ever. Sure. And I'm leaving, and Demi Moore is in front of me, and so you can see the bat, like the part of my head in People Magazine behind Demi Moore. Oh this was key because the, my mom does not like to read, but she loves People Magazine. And part of the reason I write such short articles is my mom said, "Whatever you write, I want to be able to read it in the bathroom." <laughs> nice, nice. 
So you have to. That's a good, no, that's a good rule. <laughs> right? That may good be the standard. best success to come out of this episode. Absolutely. Yeah. Whatever you write, keep it bathroom friendly. Is that good enough yeah. for it? Is that good, a, a good title maybe? I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. Know, maybe. I keep thinking of like, if I ever write the book, what will it be called? I think of that often. Yeah. You think short enough to read in the bathroom? Good t- yeah. Always, short enough to read in the bathroom. I'm going to call mine expletive deleted. Really? No, talk to me. That's always what I. That's what I always said. I would write a, my like autobiography or whatever. I just thought it's funny because you know, you know, you know. I mean, maybe you don't know this, but like, I'm I'm all about. I love branding. I love names. I love titles. Like, like Dr. Pepper. Like, well, yeah. first of all, Dr. Pepper has immaculate branding. I can't talk enough about. I'm still how shook about the, it. The twenty three flavors uh, really represent. All right. Um, <laughs> no, I just like sometimes you know the name of something is more important or like it's not more important but like will influence oh, what yes. the thing is right we talked we, we we talked for weeks about what to call this podcast because i sure. i think it's representation and again something i'm talking with my therapist about right now is apparently i'm very very into names right like this is why you can't afford to get married because you're spending it all in therapy well <laughs> We could You're just make wrong. a therapy podcast. Megan, want... Megan is going to get a well-balanced man. Megan and I are going to go to therapy together. Oh, That's Jim nice. and I did that. Did, how, how did that go? They said, so 10 years into our marriage. You went, oh, you went post-marriage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because right, oh, I, I, mean, I, I come from a very religious key. background and everyone. And do the pre-cana? The, yeah. What? The like the pre-marital. Is that what it's called? You go to talk to a priest, Counseling. right? Whatever. Yeah, well, like, yeah, I'm not. But we're not doing that. We're not going no. to a priest. We're going to a therapist. Yeah, and it's not because like it's we have any so problems, except we do. Important. We're we just going to go talk. About yeah, money and mm-hmm. children, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so we've been married ten years, and things were not going well. And we went to a marriage therapist, and she said, "I can't even talk to the two of you. You got to go one at a time, and then I'm going to sit you down and tell you what to do." Interesting. Yeah, it's really interesting. You should have your therapist do this. So. She basically just wanted to know, like, what are your hopes and dreams? What do you want to do? And then she Was that asked, because she thought you wouldn't be, like, super honest with each other in the room? She thought that we were entirely too codependent. I mean, she's mm. totally right. Independent mm. dreams, listening to those separately. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, she said, you guys are the opposite of any suburban couple I've ever interviewed because Vic is, like, career and dreams. And, and, and Jim was like, I feel empty without a third child. I don't <laughs> understand. <laughs> Why won't she put it first? How could I get her to understand? I want a baby. <laughs> That's why you didn't go to therapy together because your impression of Jim is like that. <laughs> is this is what he sounds like? He Ooh, I want a baby. He wanted a baby. He got his baby. <laughs> he did. You he have did. three kids. We have three kids. We have uh, our girls. I had when I was twenty-four and twenty-six. So okay. By the way, success. This is. I, I was watching an interview that Reese Witherspoon did with Dolly Parton recently. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, that Reese Witherspoon did with Dolly Parton? <laughs> yeah. Is that, that like a incredible. fan fiction interview? Who was interviewing whom? So Reese Witherspoon um, has a a show. Who doesn't now? It's like on... Uh, I don't. On Facebook. <laughs> I can have a show on Facebook? You can. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The Inter- Smiths have one, like Willow and... Oh, yeah. And, uh, they, want, yeah. they want content. They want content. They got to drive up their con- content. Yeah, like it's like Broadway, but content. Yeah. Yeah, no. So, um, okay, sorry. They were doing an interview. No, no, no. And, and Dolly Parton was like, I, you know, I, I'm a feminist, but when women say, oh, well, I was a woman and I couldn't succeed, she's like, I succeeded. There was no, everybody was horrible to me, but like, mm. I just did it. Me, I had two kids really young. Yeah. And I just did it. Did I, have, I have the credit card debt to prove it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. 
How, I mean, how was that? Like, it was great. I mean, it, it, here's the thing. Like, I love my, my daughters were born when I was so young. When I was 35, I had Finn and there was like a certain plan behind having Finn. Mm-hmm. Sure. And so in Finn is Finn, like finished the end, Finn, the end of a film. Does he know that's that? Why, that's why his name is Finn. Yeah. That's incredible. <laughs> I mean, Jim has a reason, but that's my reason. Oh. I like that. What's Jim's reason? Is Jim's it like, it's a Irish folk hero. And the girls uh, nice. named him Finn after Finn in the cartoon yeah. Adventure Time. Yeah. Is his name Finn? Finn, or is F-I-N-N. It? Cool. That's it. Nice. Boom. Not, Finn Patrick's is like a pub. Finn Patrick. Finn Patrick. Patrick. That's very good. That's, That's like nice. The kid, you're gonna go drinking with. Hey, you guys want to go nice to Finn Patrick's? It. Yeah, yeah, he is. He's a pub. So yeah, <laughs> no, having pub. kids is um, the most satisfying thing I've ever done in my life. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. Nice. And it's so Why? hard, and I suck at it. I'm not a good mom. Shut no, up. I doubt that. I'm super good with teenage girls to a certain extent. Well, but I feel like I feel like most parents feel that at some age group is when they're at their finest like what would your if you were raising a child like i imagine what would you it, nail <laughs> i imagine that the teens won't go well for me, me because neither. they didn't go well for myself like i was so mean to my mom i you know regret it every day but like also we're fine now i probably be i'm good with kids mine's three to five I'm gonna rock three to five. I still yeah. do preschool, right? And like three to five when they're like figuring stuff out and they yeah. are curious about shit and they like come to you with thoughts and opinions and questions is like mm-hmm. that's my jam. Do you ever yeah. wonder about kids' past lives because they're still sort of fresh at that age? No. Mm. I can weird honestly thing. say I've never <laughs> thought about In kids different past ways lives. that they like mature, like there are different <laughs> levels of what they hit first as far as what they learn. I think that that says something. Well, it's fascinating to me because my son is five and he is like a little old man. And, yeah. And he, I was I was very excited to go see <laughs> Moulin Rouge wrinkly. and I was playing like, voulez-vous coucher? Yes. You know, like, you uh-huh. know. Lady Marmalade in the car, and he goes, <laughs> total straight face, he says, I used to play this when I was a DJ. <laughs> and you have this moment of like... <laughs> Is that why all my preschool <laughs> students think they're dinosaurs? Because oh. it's from a past life that they were dinosaurs? That's yeah. incredible. But that's incredible. Where did where did he get it from? Where did he get it from? Where did he from? get it from? He doesn't like kids his own age. He invited the two neighbors we have who are in their fifties to his birthday party. That was it. Oh, and a that's dog. That's, a dog. <laughs> that's something but like that's something that you can't influence. You know? Oh. That just came from a a new human spirit. Oh shit. All right. I'm looking at the time. We gotta we gotta oh. wrap oh, this. Oh man, we just started up. hitting on kids and that... I don't, don't hate yeah. that was don't great. hit on kids. That, don't well, feel, don't definitely do. I don't um, feel like I gave you my best success. Well, there's still time, and you can give us your best success, and or I want to end it with a, a, a an like a sometimes question, which is, what's the greatest success you've had this week? Oh, okay. Um, the greatest success I've had this week is figuring out how to commit to self care. Cool. Mm, yes. That, that's a that's I like that. That's yeah. How. You figured it out? I, fig- I figured it Tell out. Tell us. It was a Wednesday. No, I mean, um, Wednesdays I work from home. Mm-hmm. And uh, so what oh, I- Oh, wait, do you? I do. I do. Didn't you do a one-on-one Wednesdays thing? Uh, yeah, I used to do one-on-one Wednesdays because I would work from my home office, mm-hmm. show school oh, work. Oh, I see, I see, I see. And I'd have time mm-hmm. because I, I'm a little ADD. Me clearly too, as evidenced by this podcast but no the the point for me was that what i would do is that i would um be alone in an office and i'd be able to talk to people and actually like think about what they were saying and read reports that they had written and really give it my 
mile. So on a Wednesday, I now work out in the mornings with my friend Matt. I did my little boxing. My We call it Garage Maga. I love that. Do that. I really love that. Go in. Cool. Have a cup of coffee. I do some writing on my own stuff. Great. Then it's like, oh, it's 10 a.m. Do my work. Do any phone calls I need to do. End of the day. Uh, hung out with my kids. Pet. I go pet a dog. I'm not allowed a dog in my house. Have a beer, saw some friends. It was like you ever like you nail a day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like you you do everything you're supposed to do. It's very simplistic. And even though like when I look at my future and I think I will write a book someday, I will be fam- like it's inevitable. Yeah. Like what's gonna happen to me is inevitable, and I think you have to think that. I have to. All right, I, I have to derail this, and maybe this episode will run long. But I have to super <laughs> talk about that because like I have a lot of followers that listen to this. Um, like. I feel that way about mm, 45% of the time. And I feel like uh, uh, I'm not like traditionally bipolar, but I feel like my spectrum goes between like, I'm going to be big, great and famous and awesome. And I'm the worst. I'm a worm. Yeah. Like nothing that I do matters. None mm-hmm. of this is going to go anywhere. Do yeah. you have that other side of the spectrum or do you, or do you sort of, it sounds like you like keep yourself on the, the high end of that. Well, I, I have been, um, as, as written about. So I've been yeah. officially diagnosed as bipolar. Sure. And so, um, but I have a couple of friends who are also on that spectrum. Mm-hmm. And because it's okay to talk about, and I really think it's important to okay. talk about mental love health. To, yeah, yeah. Yeah. We could have a whole other. We could. We'll have you back on. We'll do another, we'll yeah. do another episode. But like, I, I think what's so interesting about it is that, and this is about success. Being successful mm-hmm. is about recognizing your, um, What's holding you back? Mm. Or what are the things that you're going to just have to work on for the rest of your life? Yeah. yeah. Like losing weight. You know what? Like people can quit drugs. People can quit drinking. But um, you're always going to have to eat food, right? <laughs> yeah. And and you're always going to have to wake up in the morning and like function. Yeah. And so when I think, I, and I, I also think you were talking about reincarnation. I'm an old soul and I've like been through this. Mm-hmm. So when I start to get manic and I start to go to the dark place, I take it back and I say, this is not real. This is you going to the dark place mm. and you have to, there's a part of me that likes to dwell in it, that likes to have that it's, crash. It's kind of yummy. Yeah. 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 I'm just like lying in bed. I'm snuggling. I watch, I binge watch all of Sex and the City. I binge watch all of Girls, yeah. which will just maybe make you more sad, but Ab Driver is super hot. <laughs> but like the point is like when I go through this, um, I've learned that it's part of the story. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And when they do the biography on your life, sure. How interesting would it be if everybody were a hundred percent all the time? How exciting! Like you know, the other thing I've learned, it's about failure. It's also about you're going to get your heart broken, and that is going to be a glorious thing. Mm-hmm. Because then, what else? You know, what are you going to write about? And what are you going to like use for material? And so, I'm I'm in this right. I don't mind. I have to wrap up, but like I'm in this. I'm in my life right now and it's happening and it's amazing and it's horrible and it's exciting and it's terrifying, but being fully present and I, I'm, I'm uh, not religious, but I consider myself pseudo Budo because you want to reach that nirvana. Right? Yeah. Yeah. That so inner peace. For me, I think what success is, is embracing my faults, embracing my failures, embracing my mental ineptitude, but then, Secretly, and this may be a little narcissistic of me, um, it's going to be okay. Sure. And I'm going to be successful and I'm going to, if you get to do what you love for a living, money has never driven me. 
I'd like money. Don't get me wrong. I like to pay my bills. I'd love to go on vac- like a real vacation someday. I'd love to do those things. But I want to be happy. I want to wake up every day. I want to be proud of who I am. I want to be authentic. Yeah. And if you can accomplish those things, that is your greatest success. I I have to ask. We have to have you back on. But I do want to ask this so that I don't forget. But do you feel as someone who I think all three of us have experienced, you know, bipolar tendencies or have some sort of pattern on that scale. Do you feel that that has fueled your success or has it impacted your success for the better? Absolutely. Because it sounds like it's been very motivating. Yeah. It's been very motivating. I think for me, uh, in college was probably when it started, but mm-hmm. I, I think what was beautiful about uh, Bennington, which I highly recommend, hashtag Bennington College. <laughs> It's better than Dr. Pepper. How dare you? All right, podcast over. Um, No, but I mean, uh, what was great about it is that I was in a very, very safe space where Mm. it was okay to reach my lowest of low. And then I would write write amazing stuff. Mm -hmm. And then I'd like get up the next morning and function. And I I knew I would be okay. I was in a safe space. I think it's scary when you have to pay your bills. Sure. And you have to like... When you're living paycheck to paycheck. Not not get fired and you're living paycheck after paycheck and... And it, but I think um, it's so much more. I, I I think so. I went on medication briefly just to like survive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But then I stopped and I, I wondered whether or not that was a good idea. And so when everybody died, <laughs> you know, that sounds horrible. But when Anthony Bourdain died, yeah. and Kate Spade died. I actually, had a friend reach out to me and be like, "Are you okay?" Oh, that's nice. Because like I worry about you because I know this about you, and, I, and I'm concerned. And that was the first time I really wrote about it publicly. Like, here's what I'm going through. But I think the reason that I wrote is that I, I wanted to demystify it. Mm-hmm. I also wanted to say that, you know, you have to have an awareness about your mental state and you have to be, you know, know it. And I know that there may be a point where it's unhealthy and I need to to medicate. Yeah. But for right now, it's just about balance and it's about, um, you know, uh, knowing who I am and knowing that it's all right and knowing that I have a great support system around me. And, and I mean, that's where as much as I make fun of Jim Carroll, I mean, he's just an incredible. Oh, yeah force he's a great dude so i mean having somebody who's your partner who's seen like the worst of you yeah be like yeah i'm used to this but the worst of you is what makes the best of you sure absolutely all I right love that. Oh, we're in it there we it's good we got to we can't we can't we can't mine's gonna that was like perfect something stupid yeah like dr pepper <laughs> which isn't stupid that, I'm sorry. i mean that uh, is the biggest uh, success of your week i i, I feel probably um thank you Vic, for being on so, i hope oh, i thank genuinely you. hope you'll come back and talk to us again i'm um, sorry i talked to you, no. no you talked the perfect no. amount of time um we're gonna link to whatever you tell me afterwards that you want us to link to that is most impressive of yours that you want people to check out whether that's something social media or something people can read um and also uh just uh, a little bit of housekeeping about the podcast we have a, a website and it is www.dressforthepodcast.com and you can go there and you can go to our social media and look at all of the fun stuff we have going on. And Very fun. if you have thoughts or questions or comments or concerns about anything podcast related, fucking reach out. That's all. Um, what else? Did I forget something? No, you did a great job. I wonder what the music's going to be for this one. Hey, it's going to start right now. This song is great. I love it. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Great. I love this song. All right, bye. <laughs>